This story was an absolute doozy with the themes of suffering, light and darkness, call and response. We've got a lot to talk about today, Mr. Crypto. Oh, so much. Can we do two videos on this one, please? (laughs) I need two videos. (laughs) If you are new to the Codex Cantina, we tackle some of the most important literature that has influenced even today's writers. If you're down for a conversational approach to literature, please hit that subscribe button to join us. And as always, we start off publication information. Sonny's Blues, written by James Baldwin, was originally published in 1957. And we'll leave a link down in the description where you can listen for free. To me, the title of this story kind of has two meanings because we have Sonny's Blues, as in Sonny is sad. He's got the blues. But then also, even in terms of music, the, the blues music... There's a lot of musical references through this piece. Yeah, before we get started, I just want to say this is one of the most unique pieces I've ever read in my life. Short story or book or anything. Because a lot of times when I've read a book, you give characters voices. Sometimes you maybe imagine some background noises when they write that in there. Sometimes you might imagine music. After you've seen a movie where you think of this story and this theme song pops in your head. For this story, I feel like I was just kind of tapping my foot and I was creating these own musical melodies in my head without any prior knowledge whatsoever. And it just made me get so immersed in this. And I think that Baldwin did, and it, I, I, just, I can't even put it into words what he's done with this story to immerse me into something so incredible. And no pun intended on the blues, like I felt like I was back in the 1920s at a jazz club while I was reading this story. It was just absolutely phenomenal. I I can't describe it. It was just so fun to read this. And I believe, if I may, I don't think you have any musical background. Is that correct? Music is my least talented area of, of art or study or anything. Now, I do have the musical background where I have played you know, music in bands for well over a decade. I've played in jazz bars. I have played in blues bars. And I also had that experience of just really being immersed into the story where Baldwin just, I don't know how he did it. James Baldwin pulled off something I've never seen or experienced in literature before. And we have tons of themes to go with that too, in terms of the dread, the trauma, the suffering, finding oneself, validation. There was so many parts in this, particularly when he talks about taking this human emotion of suffering and turning that into this this musical creation that I was wanting to throw like my book just in excitement like I, I just couldn't explain the feelings I'm just like yes James Baldwin yes I know exactly how that feels and it's incredible the way that he's tied that too into these these characters lives and woven it so seamlessly When people get excited about music and they say it brings out their passion and feelings, that's how you and I feel about literature. And now, through this literature story, I can appreciate more how musicians and people that are obsessed with music feel now about music. And I only hope that somebody that is that passionate about music and hates literature could read this and it do the same for them for reading in books and short stories. That's how incredible this story was i know we're like giving away already our feelings on this before we even got into themes or the plot or anything but wow what what else can we say about this story but let's get into it let's do a quick plot recap so that we're all on the same page and then let's let's move into some analysis and discussion right 
So narrator's name, couldn't tell you. We don't know, right? Story opens up with a really conservative narrator reading this newspaper about this heroin bust. Shocker, his brother, Sonny, has been arrested, okay? Narrator tries to go about his day as an algebra teacher. Ooh, that's the one negative part of the story, right? <laughs> okay, can't be perfect then, right? Right, right. If now, if this were a history teacher, okay. But <laughs> yeah, okay, let's change that one little fix there, Mr. Baldwin. One little fix. But he is a high school teacher in Harlem and immediately starts thinking about this, these children and Sonny's past, basically. And that's going to that's gonna be a theme that we're going to bring up again, right? And he compares Sonny to them. And on his way home, he runs into one of Sonny's old friends that kind of got him hooked on drugs and you know, knows the heroin game. And they kind of talk, and, and, and I guess listen is questionable, but they talk. <laughs> and we time skip yeah. around where basically, you know, the, the narrator never calls Sonny, we time skip around a little bit here in this middle part of the story where we talk about the war, going off to war. There's flashbacks to them as children, all kind of, you know, bringing out more about their personalities and their relationship. Fast forward to a day when, unfortunately, the narrator's daughter dies of polio, and her name's Grace. And it's at this time he finally decides to reach out to Sonny, and Sonny is so excited to finally hear from his brother. And they move in together, and he starts playing the piano, driving everybody nuts, that sort of thing, right? Yeah. Isn't it interesting how tragedy always seems to bring us together when people are at their lowest blues, sad? It does. And, and like I said, there is time skip around here in terms of, you know, how they all feel about things. But it leads to basically Sonny inviting the narrator to Greenwich Village to listen to him play. The narrator comes, sits down, realizes that his brother's the man with all the people in the bar. And that's a real thing. When you're a musician, you kind of have to be the, you know, the, the guy's guy. And it's, it's a networking game, and it's, which is part of why this was just so real to me. And then he hears his brother play. And it's this epiphany about how his brother could finally turn suffering and pain and not being heard or validated through his life and turn it into this music that was, you know, throughout the whole story, it's a long shot, right? The, the narrator's trying to steer him away. He wants a solid job. The musician's kind of the one in a million. Why would you do that? And the narrator finally kind of has this epiphany as he grabs the cup of trembling, we'll get into. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like that's a good stopping point for the plot, right? Oh, I where would where to start, man? There, there's so much to digest here. Again, if you can do this in one video tonight, you are incredible we won't we won't we'll just talk about a couple <laughs> okay, of we things, won't. right so okay you know first we just got to talk about the easy stuff which is james baldwin's word choice is the most precise i've ever seen an author where his usage of the word suffering of darkness and light he kind of contrasts darkness and light a lot the ice in the stomach and the fire in your belly that you feel when you're playing there's a lot of juxtaposition that he's creating through this piece is one thing that, you know, you, you probably want to pay attention to as you're going through this. And those words are important because that's what's going to pull out the emotion and allow you to enjoy this story that much more, I feel like. Well, and then you kind of start to realize that the, the narrator and Sonny are opposites, too. Right. Yeah, one's, a, one's a romantic going for that. You know, this feels good to play. So I'm going for that. And one's the, the realist or the conservative. Yeah, practical. Yeah, the narrator is always by the book. Yep. One escapes life through running away and hard work. One escapes life and suffering through drugs and music, in a sense. Yeah, I mean, if you literally look at their jobs, one's a math teacher and one is 
a musician. And that doesn't get much more opposite than right. right. Like their parents would be sitting down and going, why can't you be more like your brother? He's a good teacher and you're a musician. Right. Well, I mean, <laughs> and that's a real thing. There are parents that are like, you can't go into art. You, I know you love it, but you got to go do, you know, the hard. That's not science. a real job. Right. You get, you get that pressure put on you. And you see that between these two brothers of, you know, you need to become something. And his something is that one in a million shot musician. And whether he makes it or not, it doesn't matter. He finally gets his validation through that music, which is what the narrator doesn't hear through this whole thing. And I think that brings me to kind of one of the main points I wanted to talk about is hearing. Do you know what call and response is in music? See, again, I admitted already that I'm really ignorant when it comes to music stuff. So I... I... I kind of have an idea. It's like talking in music or something, right? It's like where the musicians talk with their instruments. Kind of. It, it has actually its roots in, in African music. And it's become this thing where two, I'm going to say, instruments talk. The reason I don't say people is like particularly when it comes to classical music, it could be the woodwinds and the brass section are having a conversation. But one in, one instrument or instruments will issue a phrase like da, 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 and it pause and it pauses at a part that's not resolved right like well not always but that's a common way to describe it where it feels incomplete and then the other section will be like da, 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 da. like it'll resolve that question so it's a question and a response call and response that these, so it's almost like a battle, right, between the two things where, like, they're pushing and pulling against each other. Like, you could see the the violins lean in and then the horns and, like, raise up and, like, push back, like, if they were all sitting in the orchestra. Is that kind of what I'm envisioning, right? Well, you know, arguably, if you've seen Fantasia by Disney or uh, Charles Ives, The Unanswered Question, I'll put a link down oh, below. Oh, okay. You can that makes sense. You can see they're creating a story and, and the way they're talking can be argumentative. It could be love and playful. It's it's as diverse as human emotion is, and music is another way of expressing that, which is really you know the skill of what musicians have. But what's interesting is how you know the whole whole piece is very musical, right? But even the characters are doing this call and response thing, and one of the keys to call and response, you know, if you listen to a band like uh, the Dave Holland Quintet, uh, the, the the two. Um, Robin Eubanks and Chris Potter are like, a, it's a trombone player and a, and a saxophonist, I believe it is. They're basically weaving around each other through this, through all of their songs, through their pieces. It's incredible. Uh, I definitely go check it out. But it only works if you're both listening. If you're, you know, people talk about, it sounds like four, you know, jazz is four people playing different songs at the same time, <laughs> which is funny. Yeah, right. But it, it, it's a lot to interpret. But it doesn't actually hold true. Like you, you do have you know, these two players that are playing with a motif or a theme and weaving around each other. Now compare that with these two characters in terms of the narrator and Sony. They aren't listening to each other. And to the point earlier about James Baldwin's precise you know, wordplay, you know, when he comes across the heroin friend, we have, I'll walk you a little ways, he said. We started walking. There were a couple of kids still loitering in the courtyard. Da 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 and looked strangely at the boy beside me. So you'll notice throughout this whole piece, he's going to use words like looked 
okay? He's not going to ever say heard, but it's always these visual things. And he's also going to keep coming back to the younger kids, right? As soon as he found out about the heroin bust, he focuses on the kids because that's all going back to them as little kids, which is probably the last time that he's really listened or heard his brother is one of the ways I would interpret it. But we have things like, so for example, when he's talking to this guy, he says, look, don't tell me your sad story. So at first he's saying, look, right? Again, not an audio thing. And then he's saying, don't tell me your story. I don't want to listen. And that's kind of what this narrator is going through this whole piece of. He's unable to play the call and response game with his brother that he hasn't really listened to since they were kids. And, and it just goes on and on. Like when we see the barmaid, he instantly thinks of a little girl. When Sonny writes back after, you know, the narrator finally contacts him after his daughter dies, again, there's that little, you know, younger child, child uh, symbology there again. He says, it was great to hear from you, right? Not, not to, you know, for you to reach out or to, you know, to talk to you. And the narrator has never heard of Sonny Parker when he's telling him about his favorite musician. So Oof. all of these very precise words leading back to the childhood moment of when they were last connected and how they haven't been hearing the call and response of music is very relevant to the call and response of human beings and how we want to connect and interact with each other. And that's what these two brothers are missing out on. And at the end, when he finally does connect, he's listening to his music. Oh, mind blown, man. (laughs) Baldwin, man. Oof. So good. So good. Well, and Oof, me, I just got goosebumps. I just got goosebumps. And I've I just even, got goosebumps. I've even heard <laughs> I've even heard that Baldwin is very religious. I don't know enough about Baldwin. I need to get more into him. We're going to get more into him. But I couldn't help but notice that when his daughter passed away, her name was Grace. I think that ties in a little bit to Baldwin being a pastor, and he's pulling a little bit from his religious background of this is a time of rebuilding and restoring this relationship between these two brothers. Well, and then have you heard any theories about the book of Isaiah with this story? Yeah, so when reading it and researching it, I I did see a little bit of that. I peeked and cheated a little. (laughs) Well, I don't think people have gone far enough, but the other people would say we go too deep. So, you know, whatever side of the (laughs) the fence you want to be on with that. Six one, half dozen another, right? Right. (laughs) We're never right. We're never wrong. So, so crypto, I know you've got a background in religious studies and stuff. So let's, let's go a little bit deeper into the book, book of Isaiah here with me. Okay. Let's do it. The whole point. Well, I don't want to say the whole point. A major point of that story is the idea of out with the old and with the new, right? We constantly see these references to old Jerusalem being burned down, purified and being rebuilt and renewed with the new Jerusalem is kind of the warnings that, uh, the prophet Isaiah is delivering in this section of the Bible, right? I think Sonny is a great example of this is that he's kind of stuck in these old ways and he needs to grow. He needs to, you know, burn away the old ways of, you know, drug use and move forward, have a new, you know, lifestyle. Well, and I think he's even compared to Harlem, the people of Harlem, right? We have quotes like, I told myself that Sonny was wild, but he wasn't crazy. And he'd always been a good boy. He hadn't ever turned hard or evil or disrespectful the way kids can so quick, so quick, especially in Harlem. 
So in the book of Isaiah, the people were being tempted by these, you know, false prophets, you know, praying to these alternate gods. Uh, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing here is where are you going to put your faith? People of Harlem, how are we going to move forward is maybe one of the conversations that I think Baldwin is starting with the story. So if we kind of tie that back to the book of Isaiah, the people weren't listening in the book of Isaiah, just like the narrator isn't listening to Sonny in this story. Yeah. So if you look at Sonny and his old way of life, very destructive. If you look at the people before the transition, very destructive as well. So it's just, it's this time of regrowth and training. Or it's a time of regrowth and, and, and renewal. And then kind of halfway through the book, you have the people were exiled. And what happens to Sonny in the story? He's kind of exiled. Right? He goes away to prison for many, many years. We don't hear from him. We don't reach out for him until he finally comes back, just like in the Bible. Yeah, and then you kind of tie that back to when he does come back, he does have this new sense of purpose and renewal. And I think that's where that Baldwin ties it beautifully to music and specifically blues, jazz, and bebop. It's turning suffering into something creative. And we have the quote from the book that talks about the cup of trembling, which is the direct quote from the Bible, which is how many people have gone down this path of comparing it to this book. And I think Baldwin really takes this and makes it his own. He takes his kind of sermon religious background and in the story has a beautiful quote that says, For why the tale of how we suffer and how we are delighted and how we may triumph is never new. It always must be heard. There isn't any other tale to tell. It is the only light we have gotten in all this darkness. Oof, right to the right. soul, the heart, the chi. <laughs> well, and, and to the earlier point earlier of, of suffering, of light and darkness, again, the very precise wordplay where we're turning kind of this moment, like, again, he's in the dark in this dark club and he's having this epiphany moment of lightness. He's turning suffering into something creative and again, it's just Baldwin's very precise wordplay that has led to this moment, to the earlier point of call and response, our, our narrator is finally listening, just very, very masterfully woven together, right? And to say listening, he says in there, tale to tell, mm -hmm. that you have to listen to this in order to get the light to beat the darkness. Right. Let's Man, just... masterfully crap. Like... Standing, standing ovation. Right, let's yeah, just... I want to stand up too, but right, I would be away from my mic. No, no, I, I, actually will, I actually will stand up for this because this is working, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. Wow. All right, so we are going to do more James Baldwin, if you're curious. <laughs> Follow us yeah, along no in the journey with a playlist. We'll leave it down below for all future Baldwin endeavors. Crypto, let's move into our highly subjective ratings, which means absolutely nothing to you people out there. But, you know, for us, just to kind of share how we felt about the story, what are you going to give this one? 9.5 because the teacher is an algebra teacher. No, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would give it a 10 if it was a history teacher, but I'm going to give it a 10. I, I've said wow like 15 times, and I just don't know what else to say about this incredible story except that it is a 10 and it's up there with the few greats that i've given 10 before <sighs> wow let's say it one more time and i'll just end there i right. can't say anything better right. than that if you're a teacher go assign this to your class if you're a friend go read it if you're a student go read it that, that's our advice right if you hate music, go read it. If you love music, go read it. 
if you like you just if need you, to read it if you like literature go read it if you don't like read literature go read it you may like literature <laughs> go go listen to it go use braille i don't know get this in your brain you yeah. need it in yeah. your life yeah absolutely 10 out of 10 loved it thank you for hanging out and experiencing this with us we hope you guys are enjoying this this story and, and you know if there's specific baldwin other ones that we need to start with or check out you know let us know in the comments down below we're obviously very excited to to continue this journey guys we post videos every monday and thursday hit that subscribe button una out peace